Chapter Two, Part Two of Damien by Herman Hess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Two, Cain, Part Two. I walked disconsolately across the empty square, my hands in my pockets. Fresh torments, a new servitude. Suddenly, a fresh, deep voice called to me. I was terrified and began to run on. Someone ran after me. A hand gripped me from behind. It was Max Damien. I let myself be taken prisoner. I surrendered. It's you, I said uncertainly. You frightened me so. He looked at me, and never had his glance been more like that of an adult, of a superior and penetrating person. For a long time past we had not spoken with one another i am sorry he said in his courteous and at the same time very determined manner but listen you mustn't let yourself be frightened like that oh that can happen sometimes so it appears but look here if you shrink like that from someone who hasn't hurt you then this someone begins to think it makes him curious he wonders what can be the matter this somebody thinks to himself how awfully frightened you are and he thinks further one is only like that when one is terrified cowards are always frightened but i believe you aren't really a coward aren't i right of course you aren't a hero either there are things of which you are afraid there are also people of whom you are afraid and that should never be no one should ever be afraid of other people you aren't afraid of me or are you perhaps oh no of course not there you see but there are people you are afraid of i don't know let me go what do you want of me he kept pace with me i was going quicker with the idea of escaping i felt his look directed on me from the side just assume he began again that i mean well with you in any case you needn't be afraid of me i would very much like to try an experiment with you it's funny and you can learn something that's very useful listen i often practice an art which is called mind reading there's no witchcraft in it but it seems very peculiar if someone doesn't know how to do it you can surprise people very much with it well let us try it i like you or i interest myself in you and i would like to find out what your real feelings are i have already made the first step toward doing that i have frightened you you are then easily frightened there are things and people of which and of whom you are afraid why is it one need be afraid of no one if you fear somebody then it is due to the fact that he has power over you for example you have done something wrong and the other person knows it then he has power over you do you get me it's clear isn't it i looked helplessly into his face which was serious and prudent as always and kind as well but without any tenderness his features were rather severe righteousness or something akin lay therein i was not conscious of what was happening he stood like a magician before me have you understood he questioned again i nodded i could not speak i told you mind reading looked rather strange but the process is quite natural 
i could for example tell you more or less exactly what you thought about me when i once told you the story of cain and abel but that has nothing to do with the matter in hand i also think it possible that you have dreamed of me but let's leave that out you're a clever kid most of them are so stupid i like talking now and then with a clever fellow whom i can trust you have no objections have you oh no only i don't understand let's keep to our old experiment we have found that the boy s is easily frightened he is afraid of somebody he apparently shares a secret with this other person which causes him much disquietude is that about right as in a dream i lay under the influence of his voice of his personality i only nodded was not a voice talking there which could only come from myself which knew all which knew all in a better clearer way than i myself damien gave me a powerful slap on the shoulder that's right then i thought so now just one question more do you know the name of the boy who has just gone away i sank back he had the key to my secret this secret which twisted back inside me as if it did not want to see the light what sort of fellow there was no one there except myself he laughed don't be afraid to tell me he said laughingly what's his name i whispered do you mean frank cromer he nodded contentedly bravo you're a smart chap we shall be good friends yet but now i must tell you something else this cromer or whatever his name is is a nasty fellow his face tells me he's a rascal what do you think oh yes i sobbed out he is nasty he's a devil but he mustn't know anything for god's sake he mustn't know anything do you know him does he know you don't worry he's gone and he doesn't know me not yet but i should like to make his acquaintance he goes to the public school yes in which standard in the fifth but don't say anything to him please don't say anything to him don't worry nothing will happen to you i suppose you wouldn't like to tell me a little more about this fellow cromer i can't no let me go he was silent for a while it's a pity he said we might have been able to carry the experiment still further but i don't want to bother you you know don't you that it is not right of you to be afraid of him such fear quite undermines us you must get rid of it you must get rid of it if you want to become a real man do you understand certainly you're quite right but it won't do you, you don't know you have seen that i know a lot more than you thought do you owe him any money yes i do but that isn't the essential point i can't tell i can't it won't help matters then if i give you the amount you owe him i could very well let you have it no no that's not the point and please don't say anything to anybody not a word you're making me miserable rely on me sinclair later you can share your secrets with me never never i exclaimed vehemently just as you please i only mean perhaps you will tell me something more later on only of your own free will you understand surely you don't think i shall act like cromer oh no but you don't even know anything about it 
absolutely nothing but i think about it and i shall never act like cromer believe me besides you don't owe me anything we remained a long time silent and i became more tranquil but damien's knowledge became more and more of a puzzle to me i'm going home now he said and in the rain he drew his coat more closely about him i should only like to repeat one thing to you since we have gone so far in the matter you ought to get rid of this fellow if there is nothing else to be done then kill him it would impress me and please me if you were to do that besides i would help you i was again terrified i suddenly remembered the story of cain i had an uncanny feeling and i began to cry softly so much that was weird seemed to surround me all right max damien said smiling go home now we will put things square although murder would have been the simplest in such matters the simplest way is always the best you aren't in good hands with your friend cromer i came home and it seemed to me as if i had been away a year everything looked different between myself and cromer there now stood something like future freedom something like hope i was lonely no longer and then i realized for the first time how terribly lonely i had been for weeks and weeks and i immediately recollected what i had on several occasions turned over in my mind that a confession to my parents would afford me relief and yet would not quite liberate me now i had almost confessed to another to a stranger and as if a strong perfume had wafted to me since the presentiment of salvation still my fear was far from being overcome and i was still prepared for long and terrible mental wrestlings with my evil genius so it was all the more remarkable to me that everything passed off so very secretly and quietly cromer's whistle remained absent from our house for a day two days three days a whole week i dared not believe my senses and lay inwardly on the watch to see whether he would not suddenly stand before me just at that moment when i should expect him no longer but he was and remained away distrustful of my new freedom i still could not bring myself to believe in it wholeheartedly until at last i met frank cromer he was coming down the street straight in my direction when he saw me he drew himself together twisted his features in a brutal grimace and turned away without more ado in order to avoid meeting me that was a wonderful moment for me my enemy ran away from me my devil was afraid of me surprise and joy shook me through and through in a few days damien showed himself once again he waited for me outside school hello i said good morning sinclair i only wanted to hear how you're getting on cromer leaves you in peace doesn't he did you manage that but how did you do it how i don't understand it he hasn't come near me splendid if he should come again i don't think he will but he's a cheeky fellow then simply tell him to remember damien but what does it all mean have you had a fight with him and thrashed him no i'm not so keen on that i simply talked to him as i did to you and i made it clear to him that it is to his own advantage to leave you in peace 
Oh, but you haven't given him any money? No, kid, you've already tried that way yourself. I attempted to pump him on the matter, but he disengaged himself. The old embarrassed feeling concerning him came over me, an odd mixture of gratitude and shyness, of admiration and fear, of affection and inward resistance. I had the intention of seeing him again soon, and then I wanted to talk more about everything, about the Kane affair as well. But I did not see him. Gratitude is not one of the virtues in which I believe, and to require it of a child would seem to me wrong. So I do not wonder very much at the complete ingratitude which I evinced towards Max Damien. Today I believe positively that I should have been ruined for life if he had not freed me from Cromer's clutches. At that time also I already felt this release as the greatest event of my young life, but I left the deliverer on one side as soon as he had accomplished the miracle. As I have said, ingratitude seems to me nothing strange. Solely the lack of curiosity I evinced is odd. How was it possible that I could continue for a single day my quiet mode of life without coming nearer to the secrets with which Damien had brought me in contact? How could I restrain the desire to hear more about Cain, more about Cromer, more about the thought-reading? It is scarcely comprehensible, and yet it is so. I suddenly saw myself extricated from the demoniacal toils, saw again the world lying bright and cheerful before me. I was no longer subject to paroxysms of fear. The curse was broken. I was no longer a tormented and condemned creature. I was a schoolboy again. My temperament sought to regain its equilibrium and tranquillity as quickly as possible. And so I took pains, above all things, to put behind me all that had been ugly and menacing, and to forget it. The whole long story of my guilt, of my terrifying anxiety, slipped from my memory wonderfully quick, apparently without having left behind any scars or impressions whatsoever. The fact that I likewise tried as quickly to forget my helper and deliverer, I understand today as well instinctively my mind turned from the damning recollection of my awful servitude under cromer and i sought to recover my former happy contented mental outlook to regain that lost paradise which opened once more to me the bright father and mother world where my sisters dwelt in the fragrant atmosphere of purity in loving kindness such as god had extended to abel on the very next day after my short conversation with damien when i was at last fully convinced of my newly born freedom and feared no longer a relapse to my condition of slavery i did what i had so often and so ardently desired to do i confessed i went to mother and showed her the little savings box with the broken lock filled with toy mark pieces instead of with real money and I told her how long I had been in the thrall of an evil tormentor through my own guilt. She did not understand everything, but she saw the money-box, she saw my altered look, and heard my changed voice. She felt that I was healed, that I had been restored to her. And then, with lofty feelings, I celebrated my readmission into the family, the prodigal son's return home. Mother took me to father, the story was repeated, Questions and exclamations of wonder followed in quick succession, 
both parents stroked my hair and breathed deeply as in relief from a long oppression it was all lovely like the stories i had read all discords were resolved in a happy ending i surrendered myself passionately to this harmonious state of affairs i could not have enough of the idea that i was again free and trusted by my parents i was a model boy at home and played more frequently than ever with my sisters at prayers i sang the dear old hymns with the blissful feeling of one converted and redeemed it came straight from my heart it was no lie this time and yet it was not all as it should have been and this is the point which alone can truly explain my forgetfulness of damien i ought to have made a confession to him the confession would have been less touching and less specious but for me it would have borne more fruit i was now clinging fast to my former paradisaical world i had returned home and had been received in grace but damien belonged in no wise to this world he did not fit into it he also in a different way from cromer but nevertheless he was also a seducer he too bound me to the second evil bad world and of this world i never wanted to hear anything more i could not now and i did not wish to give up abel and help to glorify cain now when i myself had again become an abel so much for the outward correlation of events but inwardly it was like this i had been freed from the hands of cromer and the devil but not through my own strength and effort i had ventured a footing on the paths of the world and they had been too slippery for me now that the grasp of a friendly hand had saved me i ran back without another glance round to mother's lap to the protecting godly and tender security of childhood i made myself younger more dependent on the others more childlike than i really was i had to replace my dependence on cromer by a new one since i was powerless to strike out for myself so i chose in the blindness of my heart the dependence on father and mother on the old beloved bright world on this world which i knew already was not the sole one had i not done this i should have had to hold to damien to entrust myself to him the fact that i did not appeared to me then to be due to justifiable distrust of his strange ideas in reality it was due to nothing else than fear for damien would have required more of me than did my parents much more by stimulation and exhortation by scorn and irony he would have tried to make me more independent alas i know that to-day nothing in the world is so distasteful to man as to go the way which leads him to himself and yet about half a year later i could not resist the temptation to ask my father while we were out for a walk what was to be made of the fact that many people declared cain to be better than abel he was much surprised and explained to me that this was a conception by no means novel it had even emerged in the early christian era and had been professed by sects one of which was called the canaanites but naturally this foolish doctrine was nothing else than an attempt of the devil to undermine our belief for if one believes that cain was right and abel was wrong then it follows that god has erred 
and that the god of the bible is not the true and only god but a false one the canaanites really used to profess and preach something approximating this doctrine but this heresy vanished from among mankind a long time ago and he wondered the more that his school friend had been able to learn something on the subject nevertheless he earnestly exhorted me not to let these ideas occupy my attention End of chapter 2 Cain